0: Welcome to episode 298 of the Universe Podcast. I'm your host Jeff, and I am joined virtually by Christopher Hayes.
1: Uh, yes, that's true. We're running it through, uh, you know, the old studio setup here. This is kind of how I uh, I do remote stuff. With uh, I've done it with a couple other shows, and then I do it with uh, with work stuff too. When we're actually addressing our, our user base. So nice.
0: well, this is uh, very interesting. This is a good test for us to do this and uh, could lead to a nice way for future guests and all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was kind of, uh, as you know, Jeff, I mean, there was setting this studio up and everything was, part of it was done so that we could do remote guests. Right. Um, so this is the first time we've done it with Hooniverse, so we'll see how it goes. There may be, uh, apologies if there's an echo. I'm not entirely sure. Are you hearing it on your end, Jeff?
0: I hear no echo.
1: Okay um so if there's any little hiccups let us know we'll address them but uh this is the first time out with us doing this so uh let's give it a run
0: yes uh and we're gonna dive into this is gonna be the meat of the evening actually because it's probably near and dear to your heart there's
1: a new corvette oh i was gonna say what are we what are we talking about jeff
0: uh i have no agenda tonight i just wanted to pick your brain on your thoughts of the new corvette i was at the reveal event i know you
1: were i saw your uh, i saw your very short video that looked uh, like you were hiding a badge possibly
0: uh no 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 i just threw it around my neck because for video i don't want it dangling there and i didn't want to hit it quite
1: oh hard. i thought maybe it had the other company on it
0: no no it, it literally just said media it didn't have anybody's name oh, i okay. was in, as a guest of universe um the uh i
1: the should event. also address it's about 95 degrees in here so it's a little toasty, so if I'm sipping water throughout the entire thing, now you know why.
0: Uh, the um, it was an event held at the old Tustin Hangars, which used to hold, house blimps back in, towards the beginning of World War Two, I believe it was beginning. Yeah,
1: back World- when we thought blimps were a good idea for warfare.
0: Right, um, but the structures are still cool. I think they're the one of. Oh yeah, biggest- the
1: building looked really cool. I had no idea that stuff was there, and I used to live yeah. not far from there.
0: They're, uh, I think they're the largest standing wooden structures. Like,
1: on the yeah, planet. that's what they said on the because I watched the live stream of the event, and the woman that was hosting it said that uh, it was like the I think maybe she said it was the second largest standing wooden structure in the world or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, uh, square footage in-
1: wise, not any other means, but yeah.
0: Yeah, they're built back in 1942. Um, they are pretty cool buildings. I, I, I mean, I've seen them for years. I drive by them fairly frequently. I've just never been inside them. And just watching the doors open was pretty neat for me.
1: Yeah, outside. the way the doors open on that thing is actually the coolest thing about it, yeah. I think. Cool. They just kind of like slide back, almost like Roman shades. They're pretty cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, it was cool. I liked it. And then uh, you go in, and right away they had um, the three serve vehicles. So serve one, serve two, serve three.
1: Yeah, uh, and we should serve- probably mention what those are.
0: Serve uh, One was the first. Um, it, was, it was a experimental Chevy vehicle where the engine was behind the driver. It was one. It looks like an open wheel race car. It yeah. Was crazy lightweight. It weighs like nothing.
1: It was like uh, uh, was it, it stood for like Zora's experimental road vehicle or something like that.
0: C E R V. Oh uh, C E R V. There was Zora. something
1: that was a Zora experimental thing too. It's it's
0: this is it was all zora though who did this one then number yeah. two was it almost looks kind of like um like an early ford gt40 like one of the concept mm-hmm. 40s oddly enough um and that thing is also and then there behind. was
1: another one from the 90s as well yeah.
0: that looks kind of like a jag xj220 yep again also engine behind that one might even be all-wheel drive or something crazy um but these so to chevy has been wanting to do this for decades
1: yeah, I mean, Zor Arctis Duntoff uh, said, like, at the C2, he's like, this car needs to go mid-engine. Or, right. not mid-engine, because that's the thing that's been going around a lot. There's been a lot of bitching about it on, like, Jalopnik and stuff. Like, hey, it hasn't been mid-engine. No, it's been mid-engine for a long time. It's been front-mid.
0: I hate front-mid. I don't, I choose to disagree that that, is, unless the engine is behind the driver, it's all front to me. I understand axle placement and engine placement. Yeah, and there's between like Audi's front engine and Corvette, you know, like um, where the Audi's like three feet past the nose. It feels like sometimes, even though they've gotten a lot better. Oh I yeah, know front yeah. And mid, but unless it's behind the driver, it's it it doesn't count.
1: I don't know. I, I'd argue just because, like, you know, Ferrari does it with the F12 as well, or whatever the hell they're calling it now. Um, but and I would the,
0: disagree with them too. So it's not just me being. a – that
1: thing. No, 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 and I get that. It's just it's one of those things to where like, show me where, you know, the center of gravity is that it, that will rotate around. I can't remember if that's moment of inertia or which one that is. I think that's moment of inertia. Anyway, wherever that is, like, I'm cool with that so long as it's you know, so long as everything's balanced fore and aft of that.
0: Um, so, but it, it's it's fair to say though that this is um, the first time in the production it's been behind the driver rather than yeah. getting hung up. And
1: the and the funny thing is is I think the product of that'll likely be is it's probably gonna have a rearward uh, weight balance now.
0: I think it's slightly rear shifted and oddly enough, and you never see this, the brake rotors are slightly larger in the rear.
1: That like, would make sense.
0: That, and it's usually, you know, it's always bigger brakes in front. It's
1: that may that indicates to me then that there may be a significant rear weight bias.
0: I don't think it's significant though. I think there's already been speculation that it's pretty neutral.
1: Now, when you um, say bigger in the rear, do you mean just bigger than it had been or bigger than the no, front rotors?
0: The rear rotors are slightly larger than the front rotors, unless there was a typo in GM's.
1: The the, the only thing that would would make sense for then is if there's like a 40-60 rear weight balance. Um, I, I
0: feel like they couldn't put the car out though if it was forty sixty. You know, I feel like this has to be pretty close to neutral, and maybe they just needed that slightly larger surface area. I don't mean we'll just have to wait and see.
1: We're gonna have to wait. see a corner balance. That's that's what it comes down to. But I mean, you do that over if you've got a significant rear weight bias, you do it that way because now you've lost all that that weight up front, so that you're gonna squat now more in the rear. So. That tells me it's probably going to feel like stopping a 911 Turbo or something at this point. It's yeah, probably going to be a bit of a squat in the back.
0: You know, I'm very, so when the first, like, camo shots were coming out, I was like, okay, this is kind of oddball, like, quasi-Ferrari-esque and this and that. And then I finally, the, the images, the official images leaked online, like, an hour before the event.
1: Yeah, the congratulations to whoever was in charge of that at gm they kept it tight this time
0: they did they did uh until esquire boned him. um and then uh it looked really good in person it it still says corvette to me in its design language the nose and the mm-hmm. tails say corvette the only way way it gets lost and this happens to every mid-engine car is in the direct profile because that's just how mid-engine cars look oh um, yeah you know, like when you look at it directly from the side you're like, Oh, I see a bit of Acura, I see a bit of Ferrari, mm-hmm. I see a bit of McLaren. But you could say the same thing for every other mid engine
1: car. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only one that really sticks out to me as far as like the current mid engines there well there are two, they have the distinct and that's McLaren and the R eight because they're not angular McLaren, you know. Yeah. They're very they're very swoopy, if you will. You know? Yeah. Yeah, everything
0: else is is hard. Right. Everything yeah no that's a good point
1: um Um, to me it looks a lot like uh a hybrid between uh an nsx and like a 458
0: yeah totally um which isn't a bad thing and then there's enough style in there that says corvette that it's still it works for me it looks really good um and then i like 90 percent of the cabin space Mm -hmm. that row of buttons seems fucking stupid
1: (laughs) yeah what was there isn't the count something like 20 buttons
0: i don't even know it's just i mean i know the argument is that it's hvac it's kind of a set it and forget it yeah i know maybe i'm stupid i don't use automatic cruise control i don't know why and maybe this is me being like an old guy mm-hmm. i never hit a number and set it an auto because i hate when you first get in the car and the fans are blowing like crazy i'd rather just keep the fans quieter and suffer for a few oh, minutes oh you mean
1: you said cruise control you mean uh you mean temperature
0: Give me temperature. Yeah. i mean automatic climate.
1: Yeah, I don't use the climate, the auto climate control either because I find that irritating. I hate when you get in a car and like the fans. I mean, if it's neater, yeah. if you're in South Florida or something you got to crank it up, go for it. But like
0: here, we don't need that. like
1: the blowers at full blast now in modern cars is like deafeningly loud.
0: I hate it. Yeah. yeah. So I never use automatic climate control.
1: Um, I've never once used it in my vet in the 11 years that I've owned it.
0: Um, so I, I mean I can understand the argument for why people would say, but I I don't know, man. I, I just think it looks
1: fucking silly. But Twenty buttons down the middle. Um, I I, I kind of had a theory in that you know how everybody bitches about touchscreen controls to things.
0: Yeah.
1: So I think the the GM engineers at this point because they were experimenting with you know with like the Q system and some of the Chevy MyLink to where there were very few physical buttons. They said I think somebody just went back and went. Oh, you want buttons, do you?
0: Yeah. Well, Here
1: were yeah. all of the buttons. Right. Um,
0: yeah, it's like they rendered a chart out, like, well, we could do this as a joke. Someone's like, yeah, that's perfect. They're like, really? What? Uh, yeah, I think of-
1: it's, it, it. to me, it seems like one of those quirks that, like, um, you're going to, it's going to be mildly annoying at first, but if you actually own it after a week, you. No. it's going to be whatever.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You're probably right about that, but I don't, I, I didn't mean all of those buttons could be condensed into a rectangle that lives under the screen as physical buttons. Still, and I whatever uh, the rest of it looks cool. I, I the steering wheel doesn't bother me. Uh, all the I'm
1: different. not crazy about the wheel, but eh, whatever.
0: It doesn't bother me. Um, and then I, there's some good color options. Like there's a red and a blue. That's oh, the, the,
1: that brown though. Is I want that brown on the outside. Oh yeah,
0: Deuce bronze metallic. I think it's called. God,
1: that's a pretty color
0: cool it was cool it i think it looked browner on video than it does in person
1: i looked at it on the website it's got more of a grayish tins for sure
0: More of a grayish green um
1: but I, I like i really like that color on a lot of cars like infinity used to sell cars in that color and i really liked it in that color
0: yeah the, the red the, obviously everyone's gonna need to get z51 right out of it. Yeah,
1: oh you're well yeah i mean okay so here's my thoughts on z51 um in the C5 and C6 days, Z51 bought you like sway bars and slightly upgraded brakes and all that stuff. Right. Um, but if you were actually going to, if you're a person that was going to go and upgrade that stuff anyway, it was a waste of money. Sure. Um, C7, it started to be uh, getting to be a bit more worthwhile. C8 seems like it's totally worthwhile because you're getting the EDIF yep. plus you're getting the ancillary cooling.
0: The the diff is a big one for sure. Yeah, I know they all come with the dry sump, which is good. They have to just Yeah, but engine. you know what? To
1: be fair, though, it's like the dry sump is not new for GM's motors. Sure. You know,
0: um, but the uh, and then you get you move from all seasons to P4S's, which I mean, if you're serious, you would do anyway.
1: Who would buy um, that car with all seasons? Right now,
0: well, someone who just spent fifty nine 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 on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly yeah Let, yeah. Let's talk about that price of under 60k it's going to be the same way that apple sells a laptop under a thousand it's going to be 999.99
0: even so the rumor is z51 is going to be about 12 grand which is funny because that's like right where i guessed that a corvette that you'd want to buy would start at 72 amazing deal still
1: uh yeah and i think once you probably you can pro you'll probably be able to spec out a base c6 to about 85 yeah that'd be my guess
0: You said C6.
1: Or uh, C8, rather.
0: Yeah. Uh, So even at the base, even if you spec it out into the mid-80s, I still think it's a deal. Oh, Um,
1: yeah. There's nothing that touches it. I mean, this car is such a heartbreaker for for Toyota with the Supra because Supras are kicking in that 60K mark right now, and you would be insane – like if you're buying the car not just because you love the super, but you're buying it because of perfor- performance potential, right. that sales just gone. It's disappeared well,
0: now. I think, I think it's a similar uh, discussion I have with someone else who's a major Porsche guy. Uh, I think a lot of the super initial super buyers are probably people who've been dying for this to come back, and yeah. they don't care. You know, like it's a BMW, or whatever. It's a Supra. It's a new Supra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think like the argument a lot of people are making on Twitter is that why would you buy it? a Cayman? Um, especially like Cayman GT4 starts at about a uh, a lot. I think 115,000 or
1: something. Yeah. So and, and you know, uh, a regular Cayman, I get it. Like, the Vette's going to be kind of a raucous car. It's, yeah. it's One, it's not subtle in any way ever. Corvettes never are, really. Although C5s, eh, I, can, I can make an argument that a C5's almost subtle.
0: Now, next to a 7 and an 8.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then my C6, <laughs> knock on wood, aging gracefully. Uh, yes it is um,
0: uh, but the, 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 I, the porsche person made a good argument like so and it actually applies to corvette people too yeah. when you were a kid and you saw those porsches and it got stuck in your head i make money as an adult i'm going to own porsche someday and this happened with porsche people and corvette people they saw them they're like i need to have one of those someday so the arrival of the c8 doesn't affect the guy on the path to get his payment but he, knows he might look over and go, oh, that's a pretty badass car. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still buying a Porsche. And, this, I think, and the Corvette guy is like, "Well, oh, yeah, sure, Cayman's cool, but American v be yeah.
1: I think the guy that casually kind of... Uh, or not even guy, really, but the person that wants the nice...
0: How woke of you.
1: Uh, well, I say this just because, like, women tend to buy more reasonable vehicles, right? Generally speaking, they're not as insane as we are with this stuff especially young men I think young men if you've got the money from a Cayman to a Corvette I think the Corvette's going to get the sale I think if you're I think if you're well hear me out is I think that if you're a little older and you're looking you're like I want mid engine but I want some refinement and I don't want something that draws a lot of attention and I want it to be kind of just chill I think the Cayman's in in your territory you know uh, or if you're diehard Porsche person, but if you just if you want the mid-engine chassis because you want you know you want a mid-engine chassis and you want to have do stupid things with it, I think maybe the Cayman is gone.
0: I just feel like if you're the Porsche buyer, yeah, at some point you're not as focused on the numbers. Though maybe you maybe they used to be, and there were other cars that were like ninety percent as good performance wise but then the Porsche steps over so like uh last gen Aston Martin Vantages was always a concession that you're giving up tons to the 911 but you pull up to the valet in advantage it's like oh who gives a shit about a 911
1: that and Astons tend to age very well you know? yeah
0: and then the, the like a Corvette guy next to a, the stoplight of the Porsche guy they'll look it over at each other's car and be like oh that's cool and then be very happy there in their choice no no
1: no let's be honest the Corvette guy sits there revving, and the 911 guy is going, "Really?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to deal with this. Um, yeah, that's funny. Uh And it's probably true. It, and
1: this is me being guilty of being in both camps. So,
0: or you, I mean, your exhaust can be heard three counties over. So uh, no.
1: it can. That thing is ridiculous. Uh,
0: so you talk about if you had to pick a favorite part of the new C8. I want you to talk about it and why, because I'm going to run and grab a beer. Uh,
1: okay. So uh, as far as C8 goes, I think um, the most interesting thing is what they've done in, in terms of being able to get some really complex casting techniques in order to build a super rigid mid-chassis car without breaking the bank. They didn't have to do a carbon fiber monocoque, although that would be cool but they were able to do it with conventional manufacturing techniques that GM knows how to do well and scale up at a reasonable cost. Right. What are you drinking there, Jeff? It's a little hard to see.
0: Wolf Pup Session IPA from Golden Road.
1: Okay. It's a fancy can. But, uh, did you hear where where I was going with that, Jeff?
0: Yes. The frame, um, they could have went fiber, but the price would have went insane.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. That, and, you know, I like the fact that it's still a double wishbone and it didn't go with a multi-link in the rear. Um, that's so tried and true, works well, super reliable. Um, but no leaf. What's that?
0: A more leaf spring, right? C7 still had a leaf, didn't it? Yes, it did. It so did. No more leaf, though, for C8.
1: Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is like C5, C6, C7, were all built from the factory to be able to work with a coil spring, you know, with a coil yeah. spring. There was no problem with it. It's right. just they went with the leaf spring, you right. know. I think they felt some of the pressure of history, and I think I really applaud, you know, Tad Jukter and those guys that are running Corvette now, um, is they're okay with telling the purist classic guys, yeah, your time is gone. Um, you're no longer our target. All right. Um, let's just move forward.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And he gave a good. Uh, t- t- gave a good speech at the live stream. Though I will say that the first two people they had speak were pretty awesome because they were astronauts. Um,
1: oh, if- okay. I didn't see that.
0: Yeah. So uh, May Jemison and Commander Scott Kelly came out and spoke for like ten minutes, mm-hmm. uh, talking about space, and then it tied into astronauts and Corvettes, the fiftieth anniversary of Apollo, all that stuff. Yeah. So,
1: and for people bad. that don't know, NASA had a history. I don't think they do it at all anymore. Although they might start again, NASA I mean, had a history of. I mean,
0: they still do Corvette stuff.
1: Yeah, so NASA, if you if you're an astronaut, when you got back to Earth, the GM went, "Congratulations! Now, as a token of our appreciation, here's your new Corvette."
0: Actually, there's a workaround for that. NASA would not allow them, as government employees, to accept a free car. So yeah,
1: deep- under modern ethics for that stuff, yeah.
0: A dealer in Florida sold them to them for a dollar. Yeah. And so they technically paid for the cars, and the NASA was like, you know what? Fuck it. It works for us. Um, and then that's how it started with John Glenn, I believe. And then, like, for decades, astronauts all drove Corvettes. And I believe some of them still drive Corvettes. I mean, Scott Kelly said he has Corvettes.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, they want a lot of fans with the NASA guys doing that. And, yeah. you know, cool. Um, it's
0: cool it's cool. And then the 3 Corvettes they brought in for the live stream reveal on stage were red, white, blue because of course.
1: Well, yeah. Cuz cuz America. Yeah. Uh, now,
0: I'm curious where they're going to go from here. Like what is the ZL 6 going to do? What is the potential uh, ZR1 going to do? Well, is there going to be more variants?
1: So the interesting thing is is thus far all of the people that I'd talked to in the industry that were OEM um adjacent let's say to this project for years basically laid out most of this for me about three years ago Um, i had some educated guesses just because you know you can do that if you watch these platforms evolve you can kind of go yeah i think they'll go here yeah i think they'll go there Um, and the when i was at sema the talk of the engine for the z06 was a a five-and-a-half-liter twin-turbo dual-overhead cam motor. A variant of that Blackwing motor that Caddy is starting to use now. Right. That would be dope. And it's supposed to be flat-plane, rev to about 85, and twin-turbo.
0: Flat-plane, really?
1: We'll see. Um, I have my doubts on the flat-plane part of it. Right. But uh, it should also be massively over square as a motor. Um, So relatively short stroke and just lots of revs. But they make up for the lack of torque with the short stroke by turbos. Um, Which, by the way, there is never a car that's been clearer set up for turbos from day one since that car. It's just got two gaping holes on either side of the engine where they're clearly going to be putting all the forced induction hardware.
0: Well, someone also said that there's talk of like... Um, hybrid variants in the future, and there's a yes. tunnel forward, which is there's nothing in it now, yep. but that's where an electric motor would.
1: That I also noticed um, when, you know, you know at the live event where they like to put them up on the side, you know, they yeah. like to stack the car up on the side. Um, yeah, you can very clearly see that they're running, you know, the fluid lines right now for cooling, but right. there's clearly room for, for a drive shaft, but I don't think they'll even do a drive shaft. I think that what they'll do is they'll put electric motors in the front,
0: yeah,
1: uh, and that'll be that.
0: Yeah, just like hub hub style, or just dry, driven right there. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm going to predict the Z06 is probably going to come in around 800 horsepower, and then they'll put out a ZR1, you know, within the last two years of production, and make it a thousand.
0: Jesus Christ!
1: That'd be uh, great. It's, That'd be great. I mean, GM. I mean, the five, uh, the 500 horsepower on the base model or 492 or whatever the hell they're calling it, um, is clearly GM just recycling. I mean, as much as they say they're not recycling an engine, they're recycling an engine. Um, That is a holdover. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that base engine disappear in probably two years. Um, Just kind of like the C6 went from the LS2 to the LS3. Yeah. Which wasn't a drastic architecture change, but I just anticipate that GM probably will drop the pushrod motor and the Vets in full within a couple of years of production. It's just historically, every time GM launches a VET, the first model year of the new one is usually kind of a hybrid of parts from the old car and the new car.
0: Yeah. Um, Someone made a great point is that uh, GM is crazy not to offer Uh, Like a a small batch run of launch edition cars, price them at like 120 or something crazy. Yeah. Make a few hundred of them. um, You know, no more than a thousand, but keep it. They they'd sell them all like
1: that. They would, but the question is, would they take a hit with their their reputation as being the everyman's supercar? Would that hit? Would that tarnish that image with a certain group?
0: Uh, maybe. But you just say, well, don't buy a launch edition. You know, maybe it's possible possible. But I way, agree,
1: they'd probably sell them all, you know, just like you know, I mean, Ford has no shame about doing special edition Mustangs there's a special wow. edition Mustang for like every month in the year. Right,
0: now you know, how do you feel about the no manual
1: thing? Uh, I'm fine with it yeah. um, it's, two actually. it's the, the reality is, is that the vast majority of Corvette sales have been automatics for a long time, and the business case for building a manual in there is tricky at best Um, if there's that much demand, they'll figure out a way to do it later on. Um, but I don't anticipate there will be because that appears to be the ZF eight speed auto, uh, dual clutch. that's in there, which is the same transmission that Porsche uses in the nine nine twos.
0: This, uh, and a manual would block all those buttons on the side.
1: Mm -hmm. And you, (laughs) you you gotta have buttons.
0: You can't have that.
1: Yeah. Um, so okay, so back to buttons. How did the interior look and feel, kind of, when you were there?
0: I didn't get close enough to touch the interior. Okay. However, it was mopped. It, it was it was crazy. Oh yeah, that was
1: that was clear. Is that the?
0: I wasn't waiting until like the last five minutes of the evening um, to get to sit in the car. Um, it's real leather or suede where those things are t- being touched, and then the buttons are apparently real pen.
1: Okay, that's a big step up.
0: Which gear is metal? If, if you see metal, it's metal.
1: That, that's good. That's that's right. really good. Um, it's, you know, the C7 was a big step up in interior. Um, but, you know, they still had a little bit more to go. Yeah. Um, and if or that's executed with nice materials, yeah. you know, I mean, there's no more making excuses at that point. If that's executed with nice materials as well there's right. nothing that you can go yeah but on this car. Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah, no and and uh, it'd be interesting to see what this does to C7 prices because
1: C7 prices start... are already in the shitter.
0: Yeah, I've heard what what is it like 12 off on z 6
1: You can go buy a base C6 for like 42, 44 right now or C7 rather.
0: It'd be um, awesome to pick up a Grand Sport right
1: now. It would be if you wouldn't be kicking yourself so hard as soon as that okay, the C8, C8 right. came out. Because I think the Grand Sport's a great car. Actually, you know, uh, to me, if you're going to buy a C7, there are two cars to get. It's either the Grand Sport or the ZR1. I don't really... It's hard to make a justification for the ZL6 because it's so problematic. Right. And the base car is just... It's good, but, you know, this Grand Sport's just a it's, fantastic car
0: gonna be funny too you're gonna pull up at like a cars and coffee type thing and you're brand new to you grand sport yeah it's like oh what kind of car is that like some young kid like oh it's a corvette like no it's not (laughs) that's not what a corvette looks like
1: yeah uh watching this and watching the development of it it, it's very very clear that um i don't think i'll probably ever get rid of my c6 because it's going to be so drastically a difference between that and every modern sports car from now until the end of time like my car is gonna you know hydraulic steering rack a manual transmission the right. chassis made of steel you know right. it's just it's very it's becoming like quaint almost Yeah. um yeah. and it's you know i i just never thought the c7 was gonna age gracefully, and and I'm still kind of swearing by that, because I think it's just going to get washed over so quickly by the C8. Yeah,
0: Um, yeah, I could see that. It was just like a stepping stone from 6 to 8, basically. Yeah. Uh, Now, speaking of your cars, how is your fleet doing? Uh,
1: Okay, for the most part. So, um, I actually, so I had to do all the emissions stuff, and I had to do a little tuning on my car, so I finally bought a copy of HP Tuners, if you're familiar with it. I'm not Uh, HP tuners is the standard software for basically editing all LS motors. And they've really, they've expanded now into, into Ford and uh, Mopar stuff too. Um, so you fire it up on your computer and you can modify pretty much anything that you want to on there. Um, so I'm starting to get into, you know, tuning that thing a little more so I can actually understand that software a bit better. Um, so that's cool. Um, so the, the vet's kind of a work in progress. Um, think i've got a big break kit coming via uh, a friend of the show um so uh we're talking about getting that together for episode 300 okay. so if everything comes in i will bring it you know to episode 300 and prop it up proudly behind the camera and go thanks guys nice. uh and then um let's see uh and then the porsche has currently had a problem with one of the taillights so Apparently, now to fix that, I have to disassemble the entire rear end of the car.
0: Cool. You're going to do it yourself, though? Uh,
1: Yes. Yes, I am.
0: (laughs) Otherwise, that'd be a hefty bill.
1: Uh, Oh, I do have the warranty on it, but I still... The warranty's a $500 deductible. And it's...
0: It might save you some headache, though.
1: It might, but at the same time, I'm also not wanting to spend $500 on something that Will probably take me three or four hours to fix. It's not like any of the work that I have to do is like difficult. It's just like tedious, of pulling off the bumper and okay. shit like that. Right. Um, and then, uh, strangely, the other thing I bought the other day is that I, I made the call uh, on a on a Prime Day sale. Uh, I bought a dash cam for the for the uh, Porsche. Nice. Um, front and rear dash cam on it. Uh, you know, I haven't installed it yet. I just got it. Um, I'll probably talk about it on like the next show or something. Um, the thought was, is like that car got hit parked once already. Right. If I had had a dash cam in it, I would have known who did it. And my insurance company could have gone after them. And I would have been up $500 in my pocket. Right. So I spent $140 on a dash cam that can potentially save me $500 cool, anytime again cool. if it gets in it again. So,
0: well, me post if you like it, cause I've been thinking about putting one, uh, in the Montero.
1: The Montero, how is the Montero going?
0: Good. Uh, Montero is fine. Um, yeah, running well. Still very happy with it. Uh, Taking in the dirt a little bit. Having that factory bouncy seat is amazing on a trail. Um, it's very comfortable. though um, so I posted this to Instagram a couple weeks back. I was about to upgrade the speakers. Mm-hmm. I was starting with the rears, and they were they were a little smaller than I thought. Um, I thought it was the size I needed. I could have gone up a size. So I was trying to make it work in the existing folder and I was screwing something in or trying to and I slipped and punched right through the coat. <clears throat> First speaker of the four I was trying. First speaker. That's not a kick in the dick when you're doing work. So I was like, well, okay, this day's done for now because I don't want to do anything else. And what's the point of installing three speakers? Mm-hmm. So I have that speaker mounted. The magnet stuck to my toolbox as a reminder of the fuck up.
1: Did you already buy a replacement? No. The good news is, is it's not going to be as good as it was, but you can you can repair that cone Embitter's. and not have it be awful. Yeah. Um, it yeah. wasn't an
0: expensive speaker. Um, uh,
1: even it. still, if you if you if you fix it carefully, you use the right material, because it's not like the speaker cone is what generates. The sound in and of itself, if that makes sense, it's the movement of the cone. Right. So, like, so long as that cone's rigid, like, yeah. and you, you re- make the repair on, like, the back side of it, yeah. you'll probably be okay. And with it being a rear speaker, you'll probably never notice the difference anyway.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Um, but either way, I got to get cracking and get the rest of the speakers in it. Yeah, uh, just get some, like,
1: fabric tape and use some super glue on it, and you should be good.
0: We'll see. It was, uh, it sucked, though sucked oh yeah very, yeah
1: yeah no that's uh, i have done that many years ago and uh you go well there goes 140 dollars.
0: yeah no they weren't that expensive um, they're pioneers so they're not you know they're good speakers but it, um, it sucked
1: <laughs> did you put a head unit and everything in it too or
0: what's that did yeah you put Clarin, a head unit? it's been in it for a bit okay um, i have a clarion m508 in there which is working fine it was just time to upgrade the speakers because it's it's if i have like the windows cracked it's just hard to hear the speakers aren't loud enough. You yeah. Know? Um, so I just need more juice running through there. Um, and then, uh, Ben's is still for sale. Um, just driving it occasionally and not pressing too hard to get it sold. I guess I could be doing more work. I, I keep toying with the idea of just throwing it on, bring a trailer and whatever happens happens. Um, but I don't know. Um, I'm just enjoying it, uh, on occasion. And then, um, been driving a few press cars uh, this week. I have the Range Rover uh, SV Autobiography Dynamic. That's so the a full long size, name, the full-size Range Rover, yeah. not the long wheelbase, but you know, still the big Range Rover. Yeah,
1: not the Chinese edition.
0: Yeah, but with the 550 horsepower supercharged V8, and then instead of five seats, it's four seats because mm-hmm. it's a little nicer inside. If you had to guess uh, an MSRP on that, what would you think?
1: 135? 182. Holy shit! Yes. That is not worth it.
0: And then, so the long wheelbase version starts at
1: 210. Uh, what does like a Bentayga go for? Uh,
0: it's in the twos, I think. Uh, hold on, I'll tell you right now. But uh, So I took the Range Rover today in the dirt to just, you know, like, what do you do with a $182,000 Range Rover? Get it dirty. No one else will. And um, we got it up there to the top of this canyon road or this trail. And I told Josh, who was shooting with me, I'm like, all right, take it down this trail. I'm going to fly the drone. He got in the car, put on his seatbelt, drove three feet and blew the left front tire. (laughs)
1: hopefully that was on camera
0: uh we filmed him fixing it because i made him change it um the bentega starts at 165 but it it quickly that's the v8 bentega yeah and i think the 12 starts at like 200 so
1: let me ask you in that price range we've got the bentega we've got like the cayenne um and we get the rover
0: um to be totally honest a range rover full-size Range Rover is kind of like one of my dream dailies someday. So as crazy as it sounds, if I was shopping amongst those three,
1: I would take the Range Rover. Would you say it's crazy to compare those three though? Ultimately?
0: No, this is pretty nice. This is really nicely done inside. It still is fucking crazy that this vehicle exists. Yeah. Um, because I would buy lesser versions of this, um, Over Bentleys and top tier,
1: yeah. Well, well, that's kind of what I'm getting to on this one. Is like, does this does this version exist for like nobody? Because you can spend fifty thousand dollars less and get ninety five percent of the experience.
0: It exists for like Calabasas, mall crawl snobbery, uh, Beverly Hills, Miami, the Hamptons. Just so like other wait, wait wait
1: wait Miami. It would have to have the neon orange interior package.
0: This is bright. This is red on the outside and has red leather on the inside.
1: Okay, that's loud for a rover. That's right. loud for a rover.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then so the, on the long wheelbase version, mm-hmm. uh, one that starts at 210, there are paint options that range from 2500 on the low end to 25,000 on the high end.
1: Yeah, yeah. That kind of reminds me. Did you have you seen uh, the crazy paint options for the NSX as well?
0: Uh, no.
1: Yeah. So they've got like, they've got a few different paint classifications and like on the NSX, I get it. It's, it's, um, you know, it's supercar. It's a very expensive vehicle. Like if you want extra fancy paint, yeah, you'll probably be willing to pay the extra six or 10 grand, whatever. Um, but the crazy thing is, is that for whatever reason, accurate has decided that they're offering those same paint options on things like the TL.
0: Oh, you're talking about the new, um, yeah. Okay. So there, there's a new. They did it first on the, either the MDX or the RDX, where yeah. it's sprayed in the same factory where the NSX is sprayed. Yeah. So these special edition cars. Yeah, I know what you're talking about.
1: I, I just love the idea that, like, hey, here's a thirty-five to fifty-two thousand dollar car. Would you like the nine thousand dollar paint option?
0: Yeah. No, it is crazy.
1: Yeah, it's it's insanity.
0: Um.
1: Yeah. Speaking of the NSX. Wow. What the fuck are they going to do?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's cuz it's funny cuz it's it I feel bad for that car cuz it's a really good car. Yeah. on its own like just as it sits um and the NSX buyer can say like, "Oh, well, you know, I wanted all-wheel drive. I like the idea of a hybrid for commuting." And and I get all that stuff. So, I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's, I feel like NSX buyer is not a Corvette buyer. You know, like I feel like that's too.
1: Yeah. But from a car that's already very niche to like yeah. peel off a handful more buyers, like yeah. that's like painful for them. I'm sure. Uh, the other one that kills me, but it is absolutely deserved because it's psychotic is the pricing of the GTR now was inexcusable before. Now it's just Nissan. Just slapping you in the face with their dick, going, "You like it, don't you?" Yeah, you know, uh, it's a hundred plus thousand dollars for a GTR. In a well, world where we now have a sixty thousand dollar mid-engine Corvette,
0: uh, honest. Actually, if you go all the way to the top yeah. GTR trim for twenty twenty, um, it's two hundred.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, how insane would you have to be to be buying GTRs at this point?
0: Have to want the the jdm supercar so to speak
1: i guess you you just live and die with the japanese flag wrapped around you at that point
0: pretty much Uh, Uh, i think so at that point
1: that car just makes no sense to me that car is even like the original nsx especially the last like three years of its run made no business sense whatsoever nobody would buy it it was way overpriced the gtr is that but tenfold um and i'm wondering kind of if if Honda's going to have to figure out some way to get the NSX price down a little bit.
0: Well, the other thing I was talking with someone is they should do like NSX Type R uh, and do like, like some crazy Power One low production numbers um, and just go nuts with they Put a, like a GT3 wing on it from their race car yeah. and make it like 650 horsepower or something, bananas, and just stoke interest in it again.
1: Have you, have you looked into kind of any of the NSX tuning stuff? Is that com- community I, kind of.?
0: No idea. I mean, it's Honda, it's so it has to exist, but. Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. I'm just
1: wondering, like, how much headroom did they leave? Are they going to be able to just turn up the wick on the NSX a little bit? Just crank the boost a little bit and go, okay, we're cool now. This is 650 horsepower. The base vet's 500. There's enough sure. of a difference that it helps justify us.
0: I'm sure. I mean, most of these automakers leave stuff on the table for those purposes, so we'll see. I'm sure there's discussion about what they're going to do next.
1: Um, um, speaking of leaving things on the table, uh, the one thing that one of the things that really stuck out to me on the new LT2 motor, or new as it were, um, is the exhaust manifolds. They're not conventional cast manifolds. GM yeah. built headers off the motor out the door. So good luck to all the header manufacturers now.
0: Like yeah, people, but like to a Corvette guy, that's like, like, oh, I put new headers on it. You're like, yeah, but, they, but how?
1: <laughs> you know what? From a guy that's done headers on so many cars, I look at that now and I go, good enough. Because yep. especially being in California and dealing with emissions stuff. Yeah. Um, although it might, you might argue that it'd be easier to get through now than ever, because you'll always be like, well, look, they're just like the factory headers.
0: Maybe, maybe. Um, it's definitely possible. Um, either way, this car is very exciting. I can't wait to drive it at some point down the road. Um, it, it's it's did, gonna be an. Interesting
1: machine. Did the price surprise you?
0: Yeah, though there was an audible gasp in the room. The yeah. Whole room. Oh.
1: It's. Um, I, I was talking to my dad about this the other day, and like the number of times people told me, "Oh, it's gonna be a hundred thousand dollar car." I'm just like, I always looked at them and I went, like, "Why?" It inherently costs no more to produce a car with an engine in the front versus an engine in the back. It's still the same amount of steel and aluminum. It's just in a different place. Um, you know, it's it's like yeah, it's like Mexican food. It's just like how many different varieties of like cheese tortilla and meat can you make? You know?
0: I've had some shitty Mexican food. It's some amazing Mexican. Um, and we will see if the C8 is amazing Mexican food or not. And I, I assume it will be. I assume this is going to be some tasty shit.
1: <laughs> they, they really haven't messed up majorly since... I mean, the Z06 cooling thing was a big problem. But like for the, the most
0: Camaro part... Camaro as a whole. <laughs> What's that? And the Camaro as a whole in terms of sales.
1: Uh, in terms of sales, but what I'm getting... But I, I'm talking about in terms of, like, the engineering and how they drive. Uh-
0: the, the alpha platform's fantastic i'm just kidding, the Camaro yeah. shit, and it's about to go away again apparently
1: are they gonna kill it yes Where, where'd you hear that
0: uh there's a number of people reporting it a couple weeks ago um the rumor is that it's not going to live on much longer uh in its current state and there's no plans for a next gen
1: i highly doubt that uh,
0: there's a lot of very big outlets reporting it with like people in gm saying we don't have another gen plan like it it's gotten its ass handed to it in the sales department so badly where people are like
1: yeah but not but only recently because it was keeping up for a long time
0: it was treading water and then the challenger was like well well fuck you and
1: <laughs> which still blows my mind that people want to buy that car it's a 20 year old e-class chassis
0: well, it's related to the E-Class. It's not a full E-Class. I, I, I get
1: that. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but yes.
0: Um, but, I mean, they're better marketing. Dodge is better marketing. I mean, you you have an aspirational Hellcat, and you're like, oh, my 392 Shaker is just basically the same car. And you're like, okay, whatever.
1: Yeah, I just say it, it, it would surprise me if that car went away um, just because GM's going to want some – I have a feeling that they're going to want – a, a less expensive sporting car in their lineup than 60k.
0: Yeah, maybe they're going to make it go away and make people miss it for a year and be like, just yes, what uh, What it would be the 7th gen Camaro uh, is back and it's better than ever and it's basically like the Corvette some of you guys missed out on. This is basically a front engine Corvette for a lot less. Than,
1: yeah, well, I thought that's where they were going because it's just the current you know, the current uh, uh, generation of the Camaro really does bump right up against the C7 in terms of driving dynamics and everything. Yeah. It's really good.
0: It is really good. I totally agree. It um, is really, really
1: good. And we know Alpha already has a second generation because all the new Caddy stuff is built on Alpha, too. Oh, okay. So, the chassis exists. We'll see if they build it.
0: Interesting. Um. I'm going to start cutting us off here because i got to go have some dinner. This was a great test of this format. I like it. It works well. It could even work if I'm traveling as long as hotel Wi Fi is an absolute dog shit. Um, and then, uh, is there anything you want to plug right now besides Shout Engine you should
1: uh, No, although I should say on Shout Engine. So, for the time being, I had to cut off the free signups because we had so many spammers going in there um, and creating accounts that it was. It was Honestly, they were, they were funneling so much shit through it, it, it took down the site a couple of nights, uh, which takes a lot of traffic. Yeah. Um, so to kill that off, we had to do that. I'm probably going to come back with a very low-cost account option. Uh, I mean, the lowest is 5 bucks a month right now, but we may do like a $0.99 cent basic one or something like that. Uh, and then uh, Joe and I have actually been working on uh, Shout Engine V2, uh, which will likely launch later in this summer. Um i'm wrapping up kind of uh as you guys know i work on another project called guardian circle as well and we're wrapping up with that and after that i go straight into shout engine v2 so um cool. lots of things going on here this little office i basically live in it so uh welcome <laughs> to my room i guess
0: <laughs> nice nice uh I will be sending out more information on episode 300 soon. It is not going to be as big as episode 200, just a small get together. We have a fun guest for the evening. Uh, my friend, Derek chase Gibbs of real big fish is going to sit in with us for episode 300. He's the bassist and he is an awesome car dude and a beer lover and just a good guy. So he'll be fun to chat with. about his uh-
1: Yeah. We're going to talk about 300. We uh, Jeff and I have just been so busy. Our, our, you know it's not like uh not like there's any bad blood or anything it's just like our pro- our, our schedules have not aligned that's no. been the problem
0: nope 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 uh yeah schedule's been tough lately um but we're our lives done. were
1: very different when we started this show
0: yeah so. yeah that was a lot of episodes ago.
1: <laughs> yes it was
0: um So I'll be sending out more info on that soon. And then in the meantime, if you're listening to this, you already know where to find me on social media. Go to Hooniverse.com, especially if you want to read more about the 2020 Corvette. I have a video of the 2020 Corvette up on the YouTube channel. And uh, we will see you guys uh, next week.
1: All right. Bye-bye. Go.